So it's funny. I was just mentioning the other day, uh, and I fucking forget every time to ask the guests on their way out to sign the wall. So I got to post it here to remind me. Maybe you can help me remember. Um, but I always am trying to like assign some sort of special value to the episode number with the guest and you wound up being 23, which I guess my, where I go is Jordan and you have Chicago ties. So, gotcha. uh, George Clark, badass records. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Yeah. It's good to be here. Good to have a cold one with you. Nice to have a little, uh, refreshing beverage after a long day. What is that? A quirk? It's a quirk. Hard quirk. Um, and is that one of those, uh, like 12 where there's different flavors in there and, no, I just went for the straight cherry blossom. Oh, okay. I've been digging the ranch waters after a dad-daughter float trip in Arkansas. Nice and easy, refreshing. Got a little 4% in there. I'd have to say I'm I, I'm a seltzer fan. I've been drinking them since... I, dude. Before they got popular. I, I mean... Think, you know. uh, My sister probably got me on the White Call Revolution, but I've branched out since then. Um, I don't remember. I think... And we'll we'll touch on this a little bit later, but we we went to a, a couple shows, and it was either I was in line with you or I was going to make a run. You're like, grab me, uh, and you said like, why? I'm like, what? Okay, and I think I ended up getting one for myself and being like, well, this isn't, isn't bad. Yeah, this isn't too bad. <laughs> kind of washes the balloony nitrousy taste out of my mouth. I, well, I mean, honestly, a lot of times for me, it's like either getting out of work or even at a show or something. It's like. If you're hot and yeah. you're just, you know, I don't want to drink a 9% IPA all the time. You know what I mean? So, Fuck, I've, I, I'm fresh off of a, a long uh, Modelo Especial streak. And it's like, I was, I was like, oh my God, these are, but then I just blast through them. And it's like, I don't, I feel gross after drinking four beers or whatever. But always looking for something on the lean and refreshing side. Yeah. Um, so we were talking dogs just a few minutes ago and mentioned your boy. He's got to be rolling up on one, right? Birthday is in about, uh, what day is today? 12th, 13th? 12th, yeah. Uh, his birthday is in about eight, nine days. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we go back. I know it doesn't sound that long in the scheme of things, but... 11, 11 years, probably right around like come <clears throat> September, October, uh, maybe, maybe, t maybe it's 10 cause I'll be hit. Yeah. I think it's right at 10. But anyway, point being, uh, might be, might be 12. I don't know. I'm, I'm my work anniversary will be nine this September. Okay. Which means I think 10 for you and I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But point being, uh, around that time, my firstborn was roughly the age that your boy is now. Um, and, I mean, it's first of all weird that that was 10 years ago. Second of all, weird that you're a father. <laughs> and, and the, Nobody saw that coming. I mean, <sighs> the Geo Clark is a dad. Uh, and uh, we can be expecting number two when? Uh not any, not any time soon with the current Supreme Court. <laughs> oh my God, man! <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think I'd want to uh, 
have to make that decision uh, for, uh, you know, between my significant other and, 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 uh, and, you know, her life and, and, you know, if there was any kind of pregnancy issues or anything like that, try to have to make that decision. I don't, I don't think that's a decision anybody should have to make. So, right. Um, my next door neighbors are restaurateurs in the same neighborhood that you are. And, uh, I didn't realize this until about a year. They just had their second. And about a year ago when, uh, they reached the time that it was appropriate to be public with the news. Um, he put up a post saying, um, that they had not been able to conceive naturally. And so, uh, they, they, whatever, found a donor and, and harvested some eggs of hers, but they did a big batch. And so this baby that they just had is a legit, you know, sibling. I mean, it's cause it's the same donor and it's mom's eggs. And, um, so there's, there's still some at the lab or whatever. And he just the other day was like, you know, we don't know now, like what will become of those? Like, well, you know, it's technically a life. Will somebody say, okay, we got to get these grown and out into the, you know what I mean? Like I never in a million years even considered that tiny detail of the whole mess, but yeah pretty wild yeah so you're born and raised kc right correct yeah um you did rockers and then did you go to college in chicago i went to school up at loyola university loyola yeah that's right and then you have a younger sister i've got an older and a younger oh okay um and one of them is, is is one of them in st louis One's outside of St. Louis, and then one's here in Kansas City still. Okay, and do they both have kids? Oh, yeah. They both have three apiece, I believe. Okay. Uh, we're outside of St. Louis. I want to say she's in Wentzville. Okay. I don't really I see that sign on, the, on, on I-70. <laughs> she's like in the western suburbs. Okay. She's, she's yeah. an hour outside the city. Okay. In some suburb. Gotcha. So. Um, and you're... F- where did I met your dad at the uh, rental car place right by your house, right? Oh, it's not there anymore. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. not? No, they closed it down finally. What, what a train like wreck. Like a year ago. That place. Remember <laughs> that whole ordeal was just like super weird and the people working there were... Hey, and anyway, uh, your folks are both still around, right? Yes, sir. And together? Oh, yeah. And where? how did they meet? Um, I think they met at Kelly's bar, actually. Really? Yeah, there's an old... I can't remember what all went down, but they met at Kelly's. And so there's always been a old uh, picture of an artist that did some drawing, like some real like crazy abstract drawing of Kelly's bar in Westport, and it's been hanging in my parents' house since I was a kid. So... Totally random. I I exist because of the, the <laughs> oldest bar in Kansas City. Right. Uh, were they both out with friends, and or did they, or was it a setup situation, or who knows? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> and where are are they still in the same house that you grew up in? No, no, no. Um, we didn't move around too much, but 
they they moved probably like four blocks away from where I the house I primarily grew okay. up. Okay, you know and that's I mean? where they are now. Yeah, so they they live like in Leewood, like one hundred twenty third and State Line. Okay, okay. Um, and do you remember? Did they were they playing music when you were growing up? Yeah, I always grew up with like like I remember like a heavy heavy dose of like Doobie Brothers. Nice. Um, traffic. Ooh. Um, I remember a lot of like Spyrogyra. That was the no other kidding. One. That was the other one. Like I remember, like the song "Morning Dance" is kind of like always been a favorite song of mine, and like kind of ingrained in my memory because that was like my dad's biggest, biggest favorite band was Spyrogyra. I'm gonna have to let's give that a listen because I I couldn't even like begin to describe their sound. Like I don't know. It's kind of like. I, I don't know, maybe early jazz fusion type stuff. Okay. You know? and, wow. And and very like it was it was jazzy, but it was also really some of it was really upbeat and a lot of like a lot of per, like you know percussion, but more like island style percussion. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, on certain things, and I don't know. I just kind of remember. <clears throat> at least that morning dance song that was the one that always just kind of stuck out to me and uh they just uh he i mean he just always was playing spire gyra and and my dad played in a bunch of bands oh really until his 20s okay yeah. now I think, I think he quit them it's like mid to late 20s but he played in bands in high school and and, and played the piano and stuff like that so i mean i think that you've just answered my question but Whenever I hear uh, that somebody is like pretty into jazz or really into jazz, like first thing that comes to mind is that person is probably pretty smart. Would you consider your dad a, a smart dude? Yeah, I'd say he was. Yeah, I mean he's he's a math guy and okay, yeah, right. He's, you know, an accountant for most of his life, but uh, you know he he's always kind of he's always been very mechanically minded and mathematically minded and stuff like that and i think you know that that laid a lot of the groundwork to him playing music and sure stuff like that too yeah i uh <laughs> i mean i've um i've never been a student of jazz or like listened to a lot of jazz i don't necessarily like i there's some offshoots of jazz like you know it's more funky, um, acid jazz kind of groovy type stuff that is more appealing to me. I don't necessarily uh, get into traditional jazz, but not because I don't like it. I just think that I don't. I didn't get the right brain for that. Like you know, there's something about that kind of you know math, uh, intelligent. You know, it, it all kind of like jives some way somehow on a plane that i'm not too familiar with you know what i mean i never took like any kind of music lessons of any sort i think my dad was probably the reason for that i think he kept me away from music <laughs> on purpose you know, my, both my sisters took took piano lessons i was the only one that didn't but i also played a lot of sports and stuff sure but, but i think that he you know i get a lot of jazz like i like it but i'm kind of with you in that certain types i think that are more upbeat i'm more into and some of the slower stuff like i appreciate it 
but it's not like the record I'm going to grab yeah, off the exactly. shelf or anything like that. It's it's uh, something that I have to be in that mindset yeah. for that or, yeah. or like, oh, I really want to like, you know, relax and sit in a hot tub with candles and smoke a joint and right. do nothing else. And, <laughs> and, and that's, that's when listening to someone like Miles Davis yeah. or something like that makes sense to me versus, you know, yeah. certain, certain jazz. Yeah. Know, it's, it's just not, it's I not, have... it's not always like, it's not always the groove I'm going for. No. Um, there's, uh, in fact, uh, I was just minutes before you got here texting with, um, uh, a buddy's older brother who um, has just moved back to the area after, I mean, I don't know, 10, 15 years in St. Louis, and he's he's kind of a jazz musician, and their folks are, their father's still alive, their mom has passed, but both were into jazz. Um, and the, my, the buddy himself lives in... Um, <coughs> Virginia and uh, I took my kids out there July of last year um, and stayed with him and his wife and their two girls and their living room uh, they have one wall is like kind of these two built-in desk situations that they created when school became virtual and, oh, yeah. and then but then the whole rest of the room is just for sitting and listening to jazz they that's, like, too, that's too much. It's too, too much. Yeah, and they so like, but they make a thing out of it. They'll, like they don't allow the kids to listen to anything no, else well, but jazz no, or like no, 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 no. Like if it's just for listening to music, I'm okay with that. Well, but if, but if it's like you can listen to jazz and nothing else, no, I, I got no. That. So there's a piano <laughs> and an upright bass and a horn and some other kind of instrument in the room, and then there's a stereo system, and so the so he and his wife will sit, and the girls get to pick a record and put it on and then they'll make they'll they do pretend server and they'll like take drink orders for their parents and then go make them cocktail even like picking fresh mint out of the garden and then like bring drinks to their mom and dad but they get to pick the record but the whole collection is just jazz so it's interesting um but (laughs) yeah uh which you know if that's it's it's sort of you know uh interesting that jazz is the entire collection but at the same time the music is always kind of backgroundy right yeah and they're they'll sit and visit and the girls play their waitress game and blah 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 but it's just like wow dude you have a fucking vinyl collection and it's only got jazz in it and it's you know a couple of shelves it's like all right cool like that's uh that's that's fascinating um, what about your sisters? Were they when 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 you were growing? What's the, what's the age range between older and younger? My uh, my oldest sister is three years older than me, and then my youngest sister is five years younger than me. Okay, are they into music? I would say I'm definitely more into music than both of them are. Even though they were the ones that took piano lessons, exactly, right? exactly. Um, let, let's put it this way: I've been to more concerts probably in one year than they have been in their entire life. Right. Um, oh, I just recalled that uh, on that same trip where we were maybe drinking White Claws or whatever, uh, that, that I met one of them. I met the one that lives outside of St. Louis. Oh, yeah, we stopped at, we stopped at their house. Um, we stopped at my younger sister's house. Okay, younger. Um, and so, and 
She was not uh, completely in the dark about like the shows that we were seeing or, or the music scene and just like she knew some stuff, right? She wasn't completely oblivious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not music she listens to. She definitely has never. No, I know, but she has an awareness, right? Yeah, I mean, somewhat. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know how. I don't know how hip to her, you know, she is to that kind of a show. You know, I'd right. say her musical tastes are definitely a little bit more mainstream. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, but I think she knew the shows were going on. I, I really don't know. Right. Um, so mostly dad is playing the music. Did mom have any, uh, I don't think my mom played music at all. No. Okay. So was there, uh, a time or, um, a memory that where, where you sort of made that leap from listening to what dad owns or what dad puts on to, to now you're actually like going out and, and buying an album or getting an album for your birthday or Christmas or. I mean, see, the weird thing is, even though my dad played music, I think at a certain point he he had to give up music, and I think that part of that was part of that was a, a show that he played that he got really burned on, and that's a, a whole little thing I could tell you about here in a moment. But I think the other part was, you know, his family was starting, and so he didn't have time right. to, to play in these bands. But he got burned because the whole I remember writing a paper on this like in grade school or something but my dad was supposed to open up uh with some band of his that was some jazz fusion band or something and they were opening up at Municipal Auditorium in Kansas City and there were like four or five bands on the bill and they were the openers and I think my older uncle promoted the show and they were opening up for the Mamas and the Papas oh wow <clears throat> and so before the show starts, m- my uncle had some oral agreement with them, but I, you know, it's back in the seventies sure. and there wink, was no, wink and a handshake. there was no, there was no written contract yeah. or anything like that. And, and, uh, you know, I can't remember my, my one uncle was kind of crazy, a little bit of a con man, you know, and, and he probably thought he'd secured something and didn't. And, so basically, he went on stage before my dad's band got on and was like, hey, the mamas and the papas aren't going to be here. So, you know, 50% of the crowd is pissed off and leaves, and the other 50% stays, and they're still pissed off. And from what I, my dad told me, uh, they played they played their set, and then they never played again. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I don't know if that completely dissolved their band or... If some of those guys all went on to different things, but I don't think my dad ever played a, a show after that show. Okay, and so that's always been kind of my uh, my thing is I I won't let anybody listen to the mamas and the papas oh, around really? me, or I turn it off. And, I, and 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 if it comes on at the bar I work out, and I, I skip, skip it. it. Yes, uh, I'm sure you've seen the the meme. It's really old by this point, but uh, where the the group of gals are out at a bar drinking and the husband's home watching the kids and he's got app access to whatever the music sift, you know, kind of like what you have. Um, and he keeps playing tub thumping by Chumbawamba. Oh yeah. Like at the bar, like through the app or something. And, uh, and then he's texting her and she's, and he's like, how's it going? And she's like, Oh, it's going fine. And 
how how are things at home with the kids? And he's like, uh, oh, you know, I get knocked down, but I get up again. And then the, he gives like three more like one liners like that. And she's like, oh my God, is that you fucking stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I can't even remember off the top of my head. And I grew up listening to pretty much only oldies. But what what were the what did the, what hits did they have? Who cares? Right? <laughs> Who cares? I hate the mamas and the babas. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's that's the joke of my life. Is, is is I could always, you know, if the mamas and the papas wouldn't have uh, screwed over my dad's band, I I might be a rock star son, or you know, have some, you know, I could I could be some roadie right, right. now or something like that. Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so first um, purchase or acquisition or, or or love affair with an album for you when you kind of you know, are stepping out of what your dad's playing at home? I I really started to get into a lot of stuff that, you know, with my older sister, she was, she was into a lot of like R&B and rap and hip hop back when it was really starting to take off, like in the late eighties, early nineties. <clears throat> so I remember a lot of the stuff I first started picking up was stuff that she listened to. And I had a good friend named Rob who was also really into the, the same kind of you know R and B hip hop you know. Stuff are you like are you seventy nine? I was born in seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. Okay. So I'm at at this point I'm probably ten, eleven, mm-hmm. twelve, right? Yeah. Like eighty nine, ninety, ninety one, right? When I first start getting into a lot of things. So, um, I don't think, you know, the first stuff I ever remember like listening to. You know, I remember listening to stuff on the radio. Like, I remember listening to, like, Stevie Wonder on the radio. Sure. I've been, like, taping it. Yeah, stuff of course. Like that. But, like, the first albums that I ever really got my hands on were my sister's stuff. Did you have permission? Was she? Yeah, yes and no. Right. A little right. bit, yeah. you know. Sometimes I had permission. Sometimes I would just go grab it and listen to it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that she had, I probably shouldn't have been listening to at my age, uh, you know. When you're listening to Fushnikens and Das Effects and, you know, some of this, you know, when you're listening to Atlians and, you know, some some really good old school hip hop and R&B. And, but even just like uh, Tevin Campbell and just, you know, some, you know, R. Kelly, all of it was just like pretty new back then. And I just remember I mean, old school Mary Blige and yeah. stuff like that. and. So I remember like kind of taking all those albums, and then I'm trying to remember like the first album I had. I think was, I think the first album I bought with my own money was either Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, damn, or it was the Mo Money soundtrack. It was one of the two. Is I, that those Marky were, Mark records? That Good Vibrations? Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And with come on, come on. Well, it had that on it, and it had. Uh, the the song I loved was that Lou Reed cover that Ooh, he did. Yeah, was uh, not wild. Wild, wild, was it wild side. side? Okay. Yeah. 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 So that Ricky was like Mark. that was like the song of, of that whole album that really got me into that. You know, Good Vibrations was all right. But, sure. But the, the is that Lou... the dude that married Jenny McCarthy? I think he is married. Yeah. She's. Uh, I see her on TikTok every once in a while. She's kind of crazy, but so is he. Right. His his daily regimen is. I read it once. It's like insane. He gets up at like three in the morning and like. Wait, no, she married Donnie. 
Oh, she married Donnie. Yeah, Don, who's, who's Mark's brother. Oh, okay. That's right. That's what it my is. My bad. No, no, no. My, I'm the one that said it, so. <clears throat> um, it doesn't change his workout routine. No. The morning is insane. No, it starts at like 3.30 or 4 and whatever. I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, if you would have thought early in the career, too, like which one would have a longer, better career, Donnie or Mark, You, you I would have said Donnie. You know what I mean? He was in like the super popular boy band and all that and... Oh yeah, I mean when uh, when Marky Mark put out that record, you're like, oh that's cute. Yeah. Trying to trying to be in the uh, same circle as your brother and, but hey, he went the acting route and made way more money. Mm-hmm. Um. So what about first show? Oh man, this first show is great. Uh, the first show I ever went to was was with my older sister, and I was like. It's like 12 or 13 and her and her friends had an extra ticket so i got to go because i went with her and it was like three or four of her other friends but we went to municipal or not municipal it was at kemper and it was the uh r kelly keep it on the down low tour with ll cool j mama said knock you out tour and I think the opening was Escape, which was like an R&B. Yeah, yeah. From like wow. the late 80s. So it was like, it was pretty amazing because I, you know, you've never been to a show. And I mean, if you're going to go to a first show, that's a first show that, you know, it's going to definitely open your eyes a little bit. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, I've never seen like, it was just kind of like, Culturally, it was like eye-opening for sure, and then just uh, you know, auditory and visually and everything. I mean, you came out and LL Cool J's whole stage was like this giant ghetto blaster. Oh yeah, that like literally took. I mean, it was like thirty yards long. Wow, and the very middle of it is where his DJ played, and so his turntables were in the middle of this giant That's cool. ghetto blaster, and he just rhymed in front of all of it, and it was really cool. And then, like, R. Kelly just had all kinds of stage props and crazy things going on. And, like... He didn't pee on anybody while he was there. No, but he popped out of, like, a hot tub after intermission. Like, (laughs) this, like, hot tub rolled out on stage. And, like, this girl was, like, dancing in the middle of this hot tub. And then he all of a sudden came out of nowhere through this hot tub from, like, underneath the stage. And I've, you know, that was the thing about that show. It's, like, I've never seen so many women dressed up like to the T, like to, like to the nines, just like they were convinced that like if they got a chance to meet R. Kelly, like they might they might get to be with him that night. Like I've never heard so many women scream like uh, literally all night long. All I could hear was R. Kelly, I want to have your baby. Wow, like, just all night long. Wow, and uh, that was kind of trippy. I was just like, like I've listened to his music, but I mean. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He was, he was so popular back then that, you know, for, for that time and and stuff, it was just kind of nuts to, you know, I'm 12, 13 years old. So I'm I'm hormones raging with, you know, all these hot women just dressed to the nines all around me. And I'm like, like, they're going to a ball or something like, yeah, like nicer than wedding dressed up. You know what I mean? Like, damn. And and probably a little sluttier too. Right. But, But, uh, you know, it was just. It was just you know. It was, was did did LL have like the bucket hat and shirtless, just like the 
Mama said, knock you out. Remember that? He had that fucking deodorant. <laughs> I don't see. I don't remember the video at all, I, or or maybe it was unplugged. I remember the video like where he's just in the boxing ring, yes, a little yes, bit, yes, yes. But I think it was unplugged where he was shirtless with the bucket hat and he was ripped. And I he mean, just had like white cake under caked his arm. on, yeah, uh, uh, deodorant. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't remember any of huh. that. I just I. I mean, it was so. I mean, this was thirty years ago. I just remember, like, I just remember the stage. I remember how massive I thought the stage was, and how, like, to me, the the whole prop of like the ghetto blaster, like, you know, I had no concept of like, you know, you go to shows now and just what they do with LED graphics and and some of that stuff now is just insane. Yeah. Whereas back then, it's just like you actually had to build a stage. Yeah. You couldn't just come up with some computer graphic and then throw it into a wow. you know a computer system no. you actually had they actually built stages back then that like were the backdrop for for the show you'd go see have you seen long strange trip on amazon is that the grateful dead uh-huh. one? i've watched some of it yeah like the i mean their their crew is like building this what, oh was it that the wall of sound yeah, or whatever? Wall of sound yeah. and it would take them till like 4 a.m to break it down and then they are loading and then they're driving to the next and but they get to the next city and it's time to unload and build it i mean i was just like is fucking anybody sleeping <laughs> like holy shit this sounds so dangerous yeah didn't somebody die too i think like building more than one time uh, or I something think, like that i think that uh, amongst the the collective road crew from you know, birth to death of that band. I think there were multiple deaths. Like, <laughs> if it wasn't a band member dying, it was a road crew, you know, person dying. Yeah. Um, no, but, I do remember watching that. And yeah, so like, have you seen how big that wall of sound is? Like, I I felt like that ghetto blaster was like half that size. Right. What it looked like. Crazy. You know what I mean? Um, speaking of uh, R. Kelly, I want to have your baby. I just learned about this yesterday uh, on a podcast, and I am still trying to wrap my head around it. Um, are you aware of what Drake does after he has an evening with a lady? No. Uh, when he takes his condom off, he puts hot sauce in it and then throws it in the trash in case somebody wants to fish that condom out and try and get its contents and put them in themselves to have his baby. <clears throat> so these guys are talking about on the spot and they Google it and they're I like, mean- I mean, could could couldn't couldn't he just get his tubes tied? I mean, couldn't he just have like a you know what it was a vasectomy or whatever? Yeah, you know what I'm I mean? sure that he they're reversible. I mean, and he's are. got more money than God. Yeah. I mean, what is it, a thousand bucks? Just fucking have say, you probably spend more money on hot sauce than you than you would on the vasectomy. <laughs> um, so they were like talking about this, and one of their people in the booth or whatever googled does hot sauce kill sperm, and it was like, no. It's like so really you're just gonna cause them extreme. Discomfort. Yeah, for, it's not going to do anything to the sperm. It's just, <coughs> it's just you going to burn your coochie for a half an hour or so. How bad do you want Drake's baby? I mean, pretty bad, apparently. <laughs> hey, good grief! I doubt a little Tabasco is going to stop him then. Yeah. Um. So, um. Wow, that was a pretty wild first show. What What would you say? Uh, would be your your top one or two best shows? Man, I know there's been a lot. Man, top one. I mean, I don't know, man. That's that's really hard because I feel like 
I feel like I have a lot of shows that like at a certain age where like I was like, man, it does, how does it get better than that? You know what I mean? Whereas the older I get, it's not so much as like, oh, that was way better than this, but like that was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like I have a few shows that like really stick out in my head. Like I remember, um, but it's weird. Some of the shows that stick out in my head, like I don't remember tons of details about them, but I just remember like walking out of those shows, like I I got every bit of my dollars worth right paying for that ticket. So what were some of those? Uh, uh, probably Paul Simon and Bob Dylan at, I think it was at Riverfront in St. Louis. It was whatever venue they, I've only been there once or maybe twice. And I think it's the same type venue as like Sandstone Mm -hmm. here in Kansas City. But, um, it was just really cool to see two legends who, you know, I've been listening to their music for, for a little bit at that time. And, not only did I get to see them individually, but then to see them play a couple songs together and see how short they were next to each other on stage was hilarious. <laughs> because you're like, you're like, man, he's short. Man, he's shorter than him. Like right. it was just like, like I felt like it. You know, I was like, am I a giant compared to these guys? And but but then you know, Paul Simon comes out too, and like it's probably the first time I've ever seen someone play on stage with like thirty smod people. You know what I mean? Like he had you know, four or five percussionists. He had, you know, he had a choir over here and he had, you know, had two different guys playing bass. And, you know, I mean, it's just like all over the stage, you're just like, and, but the sound they created was so in tune and so melodic. Cool. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you could have too much going on, but it just seemed like it was, it was more like seeing like a symphony than it was like seeing like a rock show. That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me that was that was a really really interesting show to to go to because I hadn't you know really ever seen anything like that you know you know I've been to I've been to a lot of you know fish and panic shows and some of them have been some some of my favorites but like even like the first time I saw the Roots at the House of Blues is that and, Texas New Orleans where is that uh, House of Blues Chicago Chicago okay um, there's House of Blues in New Orleans and some other places but. The one I was at was in Chicago, and Common opened up. Oh, wow. And Common was a big deal when I lived in Chicago. I mean, late 90s, early 2000s. Is he from there? Yeah. Okay. He's fr- and so he was a he's a big deal in Chicago. It'd be like going to see uh, what's Chance the Rapper right now in sure. Chicago. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at the time, Common was, he you know, pretty well known. And I've never seen The Roots I maybe barely listened to a couple of their albums, did not know a ton about them. Um, and I think I maybe a month or two before the show picked up Phrenology and that was the album I'd been listening to. And I'd just been like playing it every day, all day long. And I was like, man, this is amazing. Like these guys are insane. And so I went and saw them play and I'd been to a lot of hip hop shows or been to different, you know, hip hop clubs and stuff like that at that point in my life i'd never once seen a hip-hop group play their own music right and that was like i've never seen the roots i eye-opening for me so it was just like wow like this is a legit like fully instrument instrumentalized hip-hop group yeah it was just that was pretty amazing to me to like kind of 
you know, it just opened my eyes. It's like, these guys aren't just throwing on a record and rapping over, you know, beats or doing this. Like, they are literally creating music with a hip-hop, you know, message and undertone and all that stuff, you know. I feel so. like that dude is so freaking Questlove right now. He's, like, whatever Fallon, the band, for, and then, I mean... He he's in commercials. He's got like I mean I feel like he's got. I think he just won an Oscar. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Or, I think he he's got his hands in a lot of exactly. a lot of pies right now. I don't I don't know exactly what he, you know he just seems to be he's not only musically talented but he's also kind of he's grown up around a a, a lot of musical history and knowledge yeah and I, and I and i think that's what makes him really really unique is that not only does he have an understanding of how to play music that that in itself is hard to do yeah but then to understand the history of all this all this music that's come before him yep and not just the stuff he's playing i think that's what makes him really interesting and unique and <coughs> you know he's, he's he's in a commercial right now that airs during movie previews uh i know because we've just gone me and the kids we did Top Gun, and then we did the Rise of Gru, and then last night my daughter's at camp. But last night my boy and I went to see Lightyear, and there's a Questlove. He's doing some kind of food, I forget what it's for, but he's got a torch in the kitchen and he's burning all kinds of stuff. And my son's like, "How do I know that guy?" I'm like, "It's Questlove, man. Like he's freaking everywhere. Like, and I mean, it's I'm the tone in which I say that is is jokingly, but it's, I mean, my eight year old, it's like, I know that guy. Yeah. You know, it's crazy." And cool, super cool. Yeah, and I mean, he's got the look too. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's it's, and and you know, for whatever reason, Fallon gets trashed a lot. I know there's you know lots of people that are like, he laughs at everything. It's annoying, but there's so many times during, and I don't watch just see shit on like Instagram or TikTok or whatever where he's doing a bit with a guest, or they're playing one of those funny little games, and he'll be like, "Can you give us whatever." He said, and the roots just half a second, and they're into it, you know, <laughs> yeah. flawless, you know. Um, so, who was with Paul Simon at that one show? Bob Dylan. Bob, wow. Uh, okay, so the roots, Paul Simon, Bob Dylan, any others come to mind? I mean, I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of crazy yeah. shows. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the first time I saw Fish was. In Kansas City, um, at Sandstone, and that was pretty. That was pretty crazy because I'd never really, I'd never seen. Not just like musically talented band like that, but I'd never seen a crowd like that. And to me, that was kind of it. It made the whole concert set apart from like you know, like I said, going to. R. Kelly for the first time. There's definitely like there's an environment that's at a concert sure. or a show. And what the, was it about the crowd at that Sandstone show? So it just I'd never seen, you know, I'd never been to a hippie jam band. Show, right. So right, I'd never right. seen like, you know, girls twirling around for no reason <laughs> and like, you know, it's, some of it. There's always a reason, George. I mean, <laughs> uh, there might be a reason, but in I their mean, mind, yeah, in somebody's <laughs> mind, but you know. But a lot of it too was was very eye opening for me, and it was kind of like, wow, like this is a place where you can just kind of, it was it was almost like, like you can just come here and do whatever the fuck you want. Yep. <laughs> and the yep. part of that was kind of really appealing. It's like, 
this person doesn't this I'm never this person doesn't care what I'm doing. I don't care what they're doing. And everybody's just kind of free to do whatever the fuck they want. Right. This thing. And yeah. it, to me that was that was super appealing. Yeah. I mean, you're going to a show like you know, I'm not coming to the show to bring my problems or to bring anything from my outside world into this show. You know what I mean? Like, all I want to bring to the show is, like, I want to hear this music and I want to just let loose and do whatever, you know, yeah. just kind of, you know. Check that's, out. That's why I came to the show. Yeah. Is, you know, that's why I listen to music because it's not to, not to have any of these outside things in my life affect affect that. Like, right. I'm, I'm trying to appreciate it for what it is and, and you know shows should be an escape from everything going on for you know sure what i mean and and that was the first time i had really really kind of truly experienced that um you remember what year it was i want to say i used to have the tape somewhere i still have the cassette Think? tape it was either 97 or 98 yeah and did but it I, rain I, before i don't remember that okay. i do remember it was the first time i ever bought a bag of kind bud and it was White Widow, and it was really good. And I do remember that they played a lot of uh, stuff from uh, Game Hinge or whatever. Oh, uh, really? Okay. So they played like Tila and Lizards. Wow. And it's Ice and Maze and a lot of really old school songs. And like at the time, I mean, I'd been listening to Fish a little bit on albums and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had no idea, like, you know, if, if, you know, I remember years later looking back at that show and like looking at set list and being like, oh, what a poser I was. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't even know what the hell, I, like what a treat I had was given for that show. Like that show was like, if you had like, you know, a hardcore fish fan, like look at that show, they'd be like, you gotta be kidding me. Like the, the you don't get to hear all those songs right, in one show. Right, like yeah. that's what kind of show it was. Wow. And, Show but but the beauty, the beautiful thing I think of it was, I didn't like, and I didn't go into the show with some preconceived notion of like I got to hear this song. Dude, that's the only way to go to shows with, with zero expectations. Yeah, I see these mother are here. This is my hundred fiftieth show. I'm still trying to get my first mound. It's like shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, like what? Come on. And and I've definitely been through phases like that in my life where like I go to a show and I'm like I got to hear this and then. And then I leave like pissed off, like I didn't get to hear this one song I like. Like, and I kind of quit doing that a long time ago for that very reason. It's like, you know, if I hear things I like, then awesome, you yeah. know. But if not, I might hear something like, wow, I, I've never heard that song yeah. before. Or, you know, I I don't go in with any kind of like preconceived notion of like, well, blah, blah, blah. and I, I I know they've got those websites where you can like punch in all the shows you've been to, and it'll tell you like, oh, it's been. 364 days since you heard uh, fish.net this this song at this you know blah yeah. blah blah and you've heard this song 13 times I don't care yeah. I, like I really don't I you know I used to love I have a fishnet profile and I used to love you know I still do I'll go in if I I, pro I probably have one if at I one see point. a show I'll go in and put that I was there at, but what what happens is uh, the stat that always it always the 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 nearest stat to me is always how many the list of how many times you've seen song X, um, and uh, for the longest time it was it was you enjoy myself and and at some point chalked us torture past it and just never looked back. <laughs> so, so even though I go to shows with zero when they 
when I hear that opening, I'm like, fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> Every and, and sometimes I'll see a cool jam evolve out of it, but whenever I go to that site, it's like the first step. It's like, oh, yeah, fucking chocolate. God damn it. So I don't spend too much time on there anymore. But Yeah, um, I mean, I probably haven't even been on fish.net in probably 15 years. Right. <laughs> um, so you talked about... Uh, Phrenol- picking up phrenology yeah. by, by the roots. Yeah. Um, how are you consuming music in your person, your time away from work these days? Like today? Well, you. you oh, but was today an, a work day for you? <laughs> yes and no. I mean, it's always a gray area <laughs> yeah, in your no, line of work. I had to go into work, and I had to, I had to go do a bunch of stuff today. So yeah, yeah, today was a work day. Right, but I mean, when you're uh legit off and you don't have to go in the building or do anything remotely are you are you consuming music and if so how you know i would say majority of what i do now is listen to spotify okay um and maybe i'm getting a little bit more old and set in my ways but i i'll i'll either if I know I'm not going to be listening to music very long, then I just go listen to my liked songs, like uh-huh. songs I've already liked. Yeah. That, all right, I just want to hear something I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's uh, if it's uh, like something where I'm looking to try something new or do something like that, I might say, hey, man, I'm in like a Beck mood and throw on Beck radio. And then it might, you know, Lately, I haven't been great about. I don't have a lot of hugely amount, huge, vast amounts of free time to go look and find new music. So I'll do something like that where it's a radio station where they'll play something similar to Beck or something. And then I'll go, ah, I like that song and I'll like it. And then maybe I'll track back later and listen to a whole album and be like, oh, wow, it was just that one song. Or I'll be like, "Uh, oh, wow, this whole album was great. Um, so I've brought this up a bunch of times on here. Um, and I try to avoid being repetitive, but sometimes you just can't get out of your own way. Um, I was turned on to um, the creative director for Fish has a has a playlist on Spotify, and it is all of the house music, pre first set, intermission, after second set, from '09 to current every show and it's oh, like really? i mean 550 albums and like 10,500 hours of me it is absolutely incredible and so i don't pay for spotify but i can access shit free via shuffle right yeah. so that's what's always playing in my kitchen and if i hear something cool i'll look at it and then add it to my apple music and then if i'm out driving around i just i'm on shuffle all the time just no, nope, that's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that playlist is, I mean, if I don't change it up and there's not like a, you know, the Wi-Fi shorts out or something, I, th- I think it's like 10 days straight to yeah. like get through. I mean, it's, it's something crazy. Like, and they keep adding, like they're on tour right now. So new shit's getting added. You, you know, and the only other place I've like, you know, obviously I work in a bar, so like, I'll hear stuff on the jukebox that, you know, sometimes I'm like, wow, I know this is pretty mainstream, but I, I like this, yeah. you know, like, or, you know, the only other place I've found in the last, you know, five, six, seven years that I've really kind of like found out about some bands I really like, uh, 
our it was the MPA, NPR Tiny Desk concert. Oh stuff. man, that's yeah. And I just somebody finally showed me that like I don't know five years ago or something like that, and I just went down the rabbit hole like hardcore for like. Did you come across anything weeks, that you didn't like? Like two weeks just down a rabbit hole of just like watching Tiny Desk concerts constantly. Like I watched TV didn't exist during that time. I mean, I was just watching that on TV. And I mean, but I found out about a lot of great, great That's music. Awesome. I mean, Leon Bridges was one of them and St. Paul and the Broken Bones. And it's the first time I heard, um, what's his name? The drummer that's doing stuff with everybody now. I can't even think of his name right now. Um, it just, the guy that just did the song with, uh, oh my God. I can even think of the beat of the song in my head, but I can't think of uh, who it is. But, you know, all that stuff has just kind of been uh, stuff that I've, you know, you know, not only seen bands that I liked on NPR, Tony Desk Concert, you know, and just been like, oh, this is even more of an appreciation have, have of Have there it. been any that you didn't care for or that you skipped or... There's been a couple, but like, like there's been a couple too. I mean, there's a couple of slower ones. Like, I'm not watching the Cheryl Crow NPR Tiny Desk <laughs> which the funny, the funny thing, the other thing about this NPR Tiny Desk concert thing is my parents had never heard of it, and the first time, one of the first ones I ever saw was, um, what's the country guy that everybody loves, Stapleton. Uh huh. Yeah. And I watched that, and I was like, this is pretty. It's him and his wife, and I mean, it's it's good, it's, and he's. He's really good, and and that was one of the first Tiny Desk concerts I I saw, and I'm not a big current country music guy at all, you know. Um, I like a lot of bluegrass and stuff like sure. that, but uh, you know, but I watched that and I was like, man, this is amazing. And my mom really likes Chris Stapleton, and and we were down at the lake a couple of weeks ago, and I was just like, have you ever seen the Tiny Desk concert with him? And she's like, what's a Tiny Desk concert? Like they didn't even know what it was, so. So I literally, I, I showed them the one, and then, like, they stayed down at the lake. and Is this Ozarks? Yeah, they're down at the Lake of the Ozarks. They have a place? They've got a condo down there. Okay. We, we went down, it was actually 4th of July, so what, a week and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And me and Katie came back from from the lake, and, you know, I talked to my dad, like, three, four days later, and he's like, yeah, we went down a rabbit hole. And, like, they're, they've literally been watching all this NPR Tiny Desk concerts. Nice. And, and but, yeah, the, all those... All those things that were kind of just like finding all these bands that like you know either I hadn't heard of or like someone that you knew who was pretty mainstream like T Pain, like T Pain's got a Tiny Desk concert and it's awesome because it's him without auto tune and stuff like that I and only, he can actually sing. I only know the name. I don't know who that is, but just just I recognize it. He's got the song "Let Me Buy You a Drink." Oh, oh, that one. Mm, maybe, maybe. Ah, oh, man, I'm trying to think. See, and I'm terrible with song names. I, I cool. can never ever do that. But, but yeah, T Pain. That one was amazing to watch. It's just like because you know, if you hear his mainstream pop stuff, it's it's all auto tune, sure, beats everywhere and stuff, sure. But then you just hear him literally sing with just like him and a piano, and it's like, holy shit! Nice. <laughs> uh, are you and Katie uh, similar taste wise, or? Uh, I wouldn't, no, not necessarily. She's not really, she's not really into the hippie jam band. Sure. She loves country music. Okay. Which, uh, 
you know, I always tell her, I'm like, please don't leave my car on the Country Maze extension <laughs> when you borrow my car. Um, so it's definitely, um, you know, she listens to a lot, you know, she's a little bit younger, so she listens to a lot, you know, just different bands. And, sure. You know, yeah. We just, you know, her one of her favorites is AJR. I actually just went to that show. I don't know who that is either. They're they're like a pop band that's, you know, maybe only been, you know, they've gotten pretty good in the last few years. I think they got kind of TikTok famous or something. Nice, good for them. So and, uh, but I went to their show and I mean their show was pretty. Where was it? It was at Starlight. Uh, really? Yeah, like uh, a month and a half ago. Big crowd. It sold out. Wow. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. Packed. Wow. And it was kind of crazy. Like I said, they 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 are a little bit TikTok famous, so obviously the the crowd was it was weird going to a show like that. You know, it's like age. 10, 11, 12 years old to, you know, my age or yeah. older, you know yeah. what I mean, at the show. So I was like, definitely hadn't been to a show in a while where I'm like, oh, there's families here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mind your P's and Q's. I know. I had to be on my best behavior. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, definitely not like a fish or a panic show. No. But, but um, you know, show-wise and, and visually and sound-wise, I mean, they were very good. Like the whole entertainment, you know, aspect of them. You know, do I think they're the most musically talented guys I've ever heard? No, but I mean, are they really good at what they do? Yeah, they were sure. they were pretty good. So nice. Um, and uh, you know, I would say that's probably one of her favorite bands. And I'm trying to think of who else she listens to, but I don't. You know, yeah. Um, should we pause for a bathroom break and drink refresh before we get into your records? Let's or, do it. All right. All right. So. Um, I gotta say, uh, I was uh, pretty surprised at your list, um, but um, it uh, it all kind of you know you talked about the first stuff that you heard being your sisters. You got uh, a ninety one and two ninety fives um, from your list, and so if we go chronologically, uh, ninety one Pearl Jam ten, which um, I mean that we could probably do three hours breaking down everything that that record was and still is. And t- talk to me about it. How did it land in your lap? I mean, that was an album that was really big. Um, you know, back when I was in this like late grade school is what I remember. Like, you know, I was probably, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade. I just moved schools from like living in Blue Springs to moving to Leewood. And so I was at a new school and that, you know, you know, Nirvana kind of maybe came out around the same time, but I was more into Pearl Jam than I was in Nirvana. And back then everybody had, that was when, you know, I was, I had just started to work. I was a caddy, so I had my own money finally. So, you know, I was making 20, 30 bucks a day carrying bags, sure. heavy 50 pound golf bags <laughs> for old rich white men at Blue Hills. And I, I took around, I turned around and I spent all that money basically on baseball cards and CDs. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I spent my money on back then. And everyone back then had, you, you got one of those BMG or Columbia House record, uh, 10 tapes for a penny. Yeah. 
sounded like a great idea, man. Like, let me do all this and then screw my credit up completely before I'm even 16. Right. um, I remember getting a lot of albums through BMG and and stuff like that. And it was also kind of cool because it's like, if you wanted to get certain albums, like, I could get those almost on the sly without my mom knowing it. Maybe I was getting an album I shouldn't have or something. You know, like something with explicit, explicit lyrics. Yeah, the old stamp. You know, and so I, I liked it because, you know, she kind of would look at what I was getting, but not real hardcore. Or Did you ever have the one where you get the whole fucking booklet of stamps and you tear out the stamp of with the album art of the and you put it on the put it on the form? I think that was Columbia House. Oh, like for like what you wanted yeah. or something? Yeah, so you get a form and it had like 10 squares, but then you had this whole booklet of stamps and yeah. you rip out the and stick it to the thing and send I, it back. I faintly remember yeah, right, that. Right, right. I don't... I Many mean, brain cells ago for both of us, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, I just remember that was kind of, you know, when I first started buying my own albums, uh, Pearl Jam 10 was probably one of my first 10 albums I ever owned. If you had um, to take a sh- shot in the dark... How many times would you say you've listened to that album start to back? Double digits for sure, right? I mean, to be honest with you, in the last 15 years, probably not even once. Right, right, right. But but back then, I mean, we're talking, you just, you listen to music differently when you're younger, you know? Like, 100%. You know, back then I would, you know, every night listen to that album or, you know, you'd listen to, you know you'd fall asleep to it every night or something, you know, like you got it and you just devoured it and you lived it for like a couple of weeks at oh, least. Oh man. Yeah. Whereas I don't feel like I do that with albums at all anymore. You it's, know what I mean? It's just not the same as you get older. Maybe it's just cause you have so many other things that are, are pulling, kind of yeah. pulling your attention. Yep. Whereas when you're younger, like you could literally live and breathe that album for an entire month and know it inside and out backwards, forwards, everything. And, Back then, that was that was one of the first albums I really kind of, you know, would sing along to and and listen to and just, you know, lyrically, really kind of pay attention to the lyrics too. That you know that was that was a not no small ask when it comes to deciphering Eddie Vedder from. Yeah, there's a lot of tick. There's a whole lane of TikToks that people will like record themselves listening to an Eddie a Pearl Jam song. And then on the, they'll they'll put the text of what they think he's singing or how it sounds like to them. <laughs> you know. Well, but back then, I and I remember this. You had the whole booklet that exactly. came with the CD, and it actually had the lyrics yeah. in it. So that was the only that was the only way you could really decipher. Yeah. All of what Eddie Vedder was saying is that they they actually gave you the lyrics because yeah, otherwise it wouldn't have, half of it wouldn't have made sense, but. There's a, uh, a text thread with high school buddies, uh, and and the topic of um, not for lack of a better term, perfect album came up, and uh, you know the criteria is an album that you would listen to front to back without skipping any songs, and and the one that some folks were agreeing on was Appetite for Destruction, and. That's neither here nor there, but I mean, do you do you have favorites off of ten, and are there tracks that you might skip today if you threw it on? Do you think, or would you go for the whole thing? I mean, 
I don't, I mean, I don't, I would probably just listen to the whole thing straight through. I mean, and I, I'm also, I'm a lot different than I think anybody else I've ever met as far as music goes and that a lot of people can literally name like, oh, this is, this, I know this song, I know this song, I know, you know, I know the songs, I know what they sound like, I can almost tell you the lyrics, but I can't tell you what the name of the song sure. is. Sure. Yeah. And I've always kind of been that way and I'm. I'm not a, a name person on songs. Like I can go to a fish show and know 95% of the songs played, you know, and some of them I might know the name too, but like I couldn't tell you which album it came off right, of. Right. Or I can't tell you the first album it was on or something like that. So for me, um, there was definite, definite favorites on that album, you know, but I couldn't tell you like... I couldn't rank songs or I couldn't do anything like that. I just, I, I've never really listened to music or sure. listened to albums that way. Well, regardless, I mean, uh, I think you can make the argument that, um, you know, when we were in St. Louis, uh, we had a, a long day after a kind of a crazy night kicking it in, uh, was it Chip? Was that, was that his name? Oh, Clay. 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 God, I always, I always screw that up. We had Clay, a long Clay, Clay Anse. We had a long day uh, laying around on furniture in his basement watching movies, and um, I forget what the movie. I think it was Austin Powers. I think Austin Powers was on, and he. This is the first time I heard this phrase. He said, uh, "It's it's really fascinating how well this movie movie has aged." I can't say the same about the sequels. He said something along those lines. Um, and to me, 10 has aged flawlessly. Like, it's still a really good record, and I don't know why that is, but would you agree? I mean, it's... Well, I think, I mean, a lot of Eddie Vedder's songs, I think the the message behind some of them have, have aged well. I mean, just look at, uh, you know, obviously the most probably one of the most prolific songs is Jeremy, you know, mm-hmm. current things happening with, with guns and, and, and everything else in society. You know, you look, you look at that and look at all that angst that was kind of early nineties that kind of bore out a lot of these school shootings and stuff like that, like that kind of spoke to that. I mean, that, that message obviously hasn't gone anywhere. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's really figured that out yet. And then, you know, I also think that um, from a melodic, just storytelling aspect, I think I think Eddie Vedder just he has a way of telling a story, or you know, his music just you know, the band as a whole, or even his solo stuff, you know, it just has like a, a melody to it that you know, kind of just doesn't uh, you know doesn't matter when you listen to it or how old how much older you get like it still still feels relevant and it still feels like you know i don't care if you're you know my age if you're almost mid 40s or if you're 25 i I still think you can see the yeah the passion and the beauty in that in that music i saw a youtuber uh last week he just he'll he just posts he just shoots videos of himself kind of giving synopses of of musicians and albums and um, I have some of these guys on my high school buddies text threads are like 
all the way as far as you can go, like Pearl Jam geeks, you know. Um, I recently got this for myself, which is just the Maxell XL2. It's also the inspiration for that poster. It's where I, what I use to tape all my bootlegs. Um, but one of my buddies, the back of his phone, I haven't seen him in a few years, but the last time I did, it had a preserved handwritten set list from the last Pearl Jam show he'd been at. And I was like, damn. But anyway, they're like super, super Pearl Jam fans. And they get like, they know all the details to Mother Love Bone and, and, and Temple of the Dog. Did you ever listen to that record? Um, I remember... I remember some of it being on like the single soundtrack or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the big, uh, the big tracks from Temple of the Dog were "Hunger Strike" and "Say Hello to Heaven." I mean, the, those are probably the most yeah. accessible. Um, but anyway, this YouTuber <clears throat> did a little. He did a post about uh, the origin of Temple of the Dog, and and um, so Soundgarden is. They're, they're, they they meet up with Eddie Vedder and they're at the stu- at a studio or whatever and um, they're they're rehearsing uh, Hunger Strike and of course Chris Corn- Cornell famously you know has this wild vocal range right he can hit the highest of the highs and they can sound beautiful but he was struggling to hit the lows and I guess you know Eddie's just sitting there watching this and he's just hanging out he's not there because they're like, let's record this. So anyway, he just, I guess he just went up and was like, are you trying to do something like, I don't mind Steve. And they're like, uh, yeah, can you, you <laughs> can you do that again? And we're, and then that's how he ended up doing the vocal, his portion of that. It was like this random organic thing, which I think speaks to, you know, this sort of longevity and aging well of stuff that Vetter does. It's yeah. Really impressive. Um, I am completely like I, in a sense, I have no place or right to say this, um, because I haven't done the homework. Um, I haven't even opened the book really. Um, but, uh, for me personally, and I, you know, you talked about being pulled in different directions as you get older, I was going in different directions musically. Um, but I, I, I kind of checked out after 10. I mean, I, I had verses, um, and it didn't speak to me and I don't really think I, I I might've was Vitology maybe third. Uh, anyway, point being like, I completely checked out after 10. Are are you familiar with any of their stuff? Are you fan, a fan of their stuff after 10? I'm, I remember liking Vitology and, was versus the one with like the animal on the mm-hmm. cover? Yeah. <laughs> Once again, daughter. Ter- terrible with names. Yeah. Don't call me. Yeah. And then the elderly the woman, woman behind a counter in a small town. Yeah. And I, I remember like, versus was okay for me. Vitology, I did like because it had a lot of like really good, like hard songs on it that were like a little bit faster paced than some of the stuff off 10, even. You know what I mean? That I did kind of like where Eddie Vedder really kind of like lyric, like, like vocally just let loose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't remember much after Vitology. 11, like, 11 studio albums. 
Yeah, well, and like I said, I like pretty much until I got to college, like all through high school, I was listening to Pearl Jam. Okay, but it, it felt like once I hit college, I kind of dropped off with them a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but that was also when I really kind of started to branch out into a lot of different, you know, yeah. musically. You know, that's really when I got into, you know, Fish and Panic. Sure. And, you know, all the other kind of offshoots of jam bands and stuff like that that I kind of yeah. started to listen to a little, yeah. bit, a little bit heavier at that point and and really, really got into more like, it seems like when I was really young, I listened to like a lot of hip hop and then I kind of didn't listen to really terrible hip hop maybe in high school. And then I got way back more into like some underground type stuff as I got older. Yeah. You had you went from having your associates to having a master's, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Um, I I still I don't know if I got that master's degree yet. Well, I'm still, I mean, I'm more learned. You're just a few more learned than some other people. You're just a few credit hours shy. Yeah, they just don't like to let me graduate. <laughs> We're gonna let you walk, but uh, you got to come back for a summer session. Yeah. We're not giving you the piece of paper yet. <laughs> Um, so we, we skip ahead from 91 to 95, uh, and 311 self-titled was on your list. Um, and, uh, always surprises me when a band chooses to go the self-titled route with a record that's not their first. And that was their third. I mean, it's just curious. It's, it's, it's no harm, no foul. It's just very curious to me. Um, but that so, but they had two records before, 311, 311, but that was the one that you... I just remember that was one of the first albums that I listened to a lot in my own car. So I bought a 87 Honda hatchback Accord. It was blue. It was ugly as hell. It it's had just like, like the cover. So it's sometimes referred to as the blue album. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it... It was the car had a decent stereo system in it. I'll, I'll give it that. I bought a CD player and put I'm it. I was going to say tape deck, or it was a ri- initially a tape deck, which you put the tape deck thing into it with your portable CD yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, with the cord. Yeah, going oh, to yeah. your disc man. Oh yeah, yeah, and you hope that you don't hit a pothole, so it's good. <laughs> right. Three second protection. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but. I do remember, like, that album was one of the first where I was really, like, bumping it in my car. And, you know, what was it? One song, like, well, for fuck, me, fuck the bullshit, it's time to throw down or whatever that song is. Okay. Um, it's like one of the later tracks in the album sure. or something. But I remember just, like, raging that, I that mean, song. The, the two tracks that really stand out to me are Down, which is the lead-off track, and All Mixed Up. And to me, those... Just if if you could distill the essence of those two, tr- to me that's like the three eleven sound that we all, you know, and, all, and, all all mixed up for sure because that had S A Martinez like like perfectly like kind of S A Martinez and, and one that the guy's name I don't know the the there's Nick Hexum okay and then S A Martinez he was the the other singer guy okay okay. Yeah. So he was kind of the one that did like he's a little Mexican dude that did like some of the rapping and stuff oh, like nice, that. Oh, nice, nice. Kind of, but he also sang too. But um, 
that that you know all mixed up you know i remember him and then i'm trying to remember what else off that album it's it's been a while but that album was something i remember i played a lot in my car and then that's when i really first started going and choosing to go what shows i i wanted to go to yeah, because i had a car yeah i could i could i could go purchase my own ticket and i could go drive there and you know that was the first freedom i had to go to like concerts and stuff like that and i remember me and my buddy billy would literally any 311 show or urge we yeah. went to a lot of urge and or they'd play together urge and 311 we basically bought tickets to every show that they played with within the vicinity of Kansas sure. City and i mean i i broke my hand at an urge show <laughs> i um basically went to about i in a, like a three-year period i probably saw urge like or i mean not urge uh 311 like probably 10 to 12 times wow. or something like i mean we I, we drove to topeka once sure that's the first time i was ever introduced to uh fred phelps or whatever the oh the yeah. guy is from the West, great west westboro baptist because i remember... you see the footage of uh um uh, uh, Nirvana, um, D- Dave Grohl. Yeah, they were just. Few, oh, of him playing in the playing big. to the pro- to the protesters. Yeah, well, yeah, I saw that like with the last time they yeah they were in town. But I remember, I remember going to that show in Topeka because it was maybe only the second or third time I'd seen them play, and pulling up, you know, me and my buddy Billy drove because Topeka was like what hour and fifteen mm-hmm. minutes away and whatnot, mm-hmm. and. We pulled up, and you know they had all these like cardboard, like stick figure pictures of like men bending over other men and saying, you know, this is a crime against God. And, and what's the connection between what they're upset about and and three eleven or Dave Grohl or whatever? I, I think it just gave them a platform, a pla- like a a platform. There's there's a bunch of people that are going to be in this place, and we're gonna we're gonna. They had nothing better. Fucking to Fucking take a hike, yeah. Man. Um, so, you know, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but in my experience, um, there's pockets of 311 fans and, uh, you have, um, super fans and then you have people that are kind of just neutral about them. And then you have a significant pocket of people. Not, I want I don't want to call them haters, but they're quick to trash them for whatever reason and I've never really uh understood and the, the, here's the here's the closest I've come it's like the trashers or the hater whatever um it's almost and nobody's ever said this it's just completely made up in my head but it's almost like they want to say that 311 isn't rage against the machine and I, and 311 for my in my mind has never set out to be that I never wanted to be that so Three, I, 311 is just Hey, we're gonna have fun, right? And we're it's and we're gonna create like you know they were very kind of, I wouldn't say they were very Scottish, but they definitely had a little bit of a reggae sound. Well, that's, to them. This, this is the thing. First of all, this record is completely bumpable, you yeah. know, high volume in your car cruise, especially at a young age when you're like really just kind of mainlining freedom for yeah. the first time. But they here's where I think that the, the those that might be quick to trash forget or overlook is that they took rock and they took reggae and they took sort of this ska 
punkish kind of. Th- and then, by the way, there's also fucking somebody on turntables, yeah. and they figured out the recipe to what to put that all together. And I, I think the end result is always fun. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. I mean, you, you go to a 311 show, and there's going to be a bunch of bros there. I mean, in in you know flip flops and cargo shorts and whatnot, you know, but. Um, I've yet to be at a 311 show where I didn't have fun, you know? Do I think they are the most musically talented band I've ever seen? No. They didn't set out to be that they, either. They weren't trying to yeah. be that either. But, but I mean, as far as uh, musically entertaining and, and, and as far as live music goes, like, that's an experience. It's, it's definitely its own, own little world that is, I think is totally valuable you know what i mean 13 fucking records these guys i mean they still are just putting shit out i just they still saw, tour i saw them like three years ago yeah i mean they i didn't like know just before COVID. I they saw have them. march 11th 311 day and i think they've had i don't know if they currently did but I, at, at, at one point i think they've had sort of like a festival where they're kind of the center i don't know if if that's the same as 311 where, where day. are they from again are they from nebraska which, yeah is, is it omaha or, yeah, or something yeah. i can't remember yeah and I, you know, I saw him, I saw him play one town one time downtown Chicago, when I was in school, and big crowd. They like, it was like, the day before something they announced like, hey, we're gonna be in this park and we're gonna play a show, no tickets. It didn't cost any money. They just showed up in this plaza in the middle of downtown, and started playing music. And it was super cool. Like all these people, I, all these people showed up because sure. like out of nowhere, it was like, oh wow, I can go down there. And I mean, they probably only played five, six songs. Oh wow! But it was like, it was kind of like one of those pop up things where like, hey, we're here, and we're we're just gonna show up at this park or this plaza and play a bunch of music. And it was like, I don't even remember where it was at downtown, but I just remember being like, yeah, I'll jump when, on the L and go down and see this. I've and, seen I've seen uh, some shows and or a uh, show uh, sort of informal gather at Lincoln Square. There's a little plaza down yeah. there where, like, I think I saw a Beatles cover band play. But no, this would have been like downtown, like off State Street oh, or something okay, like okay. that, like near where they do like skate on state and stuff like that. Sure, they, they have a slightly bigger plaza, but still probably only five hundred to a thousand people or something right. like that. But well, you mentioned just a minute ago with Jeremy and and sort of the precursor to the angst associated with what we now know to be a. Uh, a problem without a solution, uh, it would appear, with school shootings. But I love that there's a track on this record called Guns Are For Pussies. <laughs> I don't remember. T- Once again, yeah, don't remember I, song names. I know, it but... took to save my life, but... Um, yeah, that is funny. Um, so, we stay in 95... Uh, for your third selection, and this one above all really surprised me. And you went a live one, fish. Um, talk to me about that choice, how that how that record landed in your lap, or, or how you developed a relationship with it. I think it was like my buddy Billy was the one that gave me the album, and he was the one that I was going to all the the um, uh. 311 shows with and stuff like that you know what i mean so him and i were kind of like concert buddies sure you know what i mean so i mean he was honestly he he introduced me to a bunch of bands that i had never really heard of you know i think he was maybe 
first time I'd listened to Rage or anybody mm-hmm. like that, I think he was one of the ones that introduced me and stuff. Um, with the, that album, I remember it was, I, I think Fish was coming to town and they were supposed to play at like Memorial Hall or something okay. like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I think it was my junior year of uh, high school. And I was supposed to go to the show and I had a ticket. And so, like, he'd give me this album and I started listening to it and I really liked it. I was like, yeah, let's go to this show. And because at that time, like, I didn't even have to know who the band was. I would go to a show. Right. Like, you know, Two Skinny Jays? Yeah, I'll go to the show. <laughs> who cares? You know what I mean? And, you know, if I liked it, I liked it. If I didn't, I didn't. You know, I, I would. I was just eating up any concert I could go to. You know what I mean? If I knew the music, awesome. If I didn't, I'd probably still go and then be like, that was trash. Right. <laughs> but at least, you know, I was making my own decisions on it, you know, as far as what I liked and didn't like. And with that one, I started listening to that album and it just kind of, it, it all just kind of clicked with me, man. It was like, um, you know, melodically it was kind of joined together a lot of the music i'd listened to when i was younger you know that kind of uh older 70s early 80s kind of sound of music but also with you know it just seemed you know just kind of put it all together for me and uh i remember i was supposed to go to that show in that fall and i got in trouble for something and i got grounded from the show and damn and I never, I, I remember being so pissed off. Like I, I did something stupid, like go out, went out and got drunk or something and got caught. And my parents like grounded me from going to that show and I, and all my friends got to go and I was like, yeah, super, super pissed. So mad about that. But then that forced my next show to be the one I saw at Sandstone, which oh, is yeah. probably three times better than well, the set list. Uh, I had a ticket to that show too, but I moved to Colorado uh, and missed it, and all several of the buddies on this high school thread were at it, and they still talk about one of them in particular. He doesn't really have much to say about the show. He just talks about how it's still the highest he's ever been, <laughs> <laughs> which you know that'll that, that'll happen if you're not careful at a fish yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, but I think again, sort of not too far from that. That sandstone. I think. I think there was kind of. They were within like a year, year and a half. Well, of each other I, I think. I think the set list was similar. You know, not you know, no slouch. Yeah. Um, but I was so I'm in Colorado. Uh, I, I I discovered them in uh, senior year of high school. Um, first first via a bootleg in somebody's car, and then I got my hands on Rift, and eventually, you know, I got Junta and Lawn Boy and Picture of Nectar, and then now I've got it all. It's all hardwired in. I move out there, and <clears throat> Hoist comes out, and I'm like, this feels like a departure from everything. And, and in, in some sense, every album's a departure from everything they've ever done before. Hoist is the one, it's like super bluegrassy kind of, right? It's got scent of a mule yeah. and, and you know, it's the, it's the red one with the horse being, um, it's got Julius and down with disease. And, um, anyway, it just, it's a little bit harder, like a little bit more fast paced. Uh, in part, it's also Maybe. slower in parts, but anyway, um, this is 94, 95, 96, that range where um, all information 
is either word of mouth or via their newsletter, the Doniac Shavice, which if you had a subscription, you would get it a couple times a year in your mailbox. And it was like, that was it. You know, that was kind of like where you would find out about tour and you would send off, you know, for tickets or find out about, hey, we've just been in the studio, album coming in the fall, blah, blah, blah. I remember finding out some, I was like, okay, there's not another album on the horizon. And I was like, wow, it's, I, I guess they are kind of putting out albums that quickly, but also it feels like Hoist kind of just came out. So like, wow, interesting. And then it was announced that it was going to be a double album, a live one. And I was like, what? No. Cause I, by that time I have, I have like, I don't know, 20, 30 bootlegs. So I'm, I'm in the I'm in the live show game. I was like, I don't need you to do that. But what, of course. They're... So you were you were you were in the live. Show. I never got into the live show game. I, oh. I I got a couple, like I I started to record them and then but then like by the time I started to consider getting in the live live show game, that was really when MP3s got really big and Napster and all that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have to sit around and just try to record this cassette off my buddy when i can just download it yeah, real quick you yeah. know what i mean like that kind of changed the game a little bit um but i also i mean sometimes the recordings would be so horrible I'm well, like, i can't listen to this that, that was that that was when most of the things going around uh were audience you know taper tickets yeah. um and you're probably two three generations removed from the original and every once in a while you'd come across the soundboard yeah, but even then you're two, three, four generations removed. Um, but anyway, I was like, and then uh, it, it's you, know, you talked about uh, that sandstone show and the set and like Attila and all, so that so they threw a few few tracks on a live one. Um, I don't know if you saw it sitting over there. Um, I did. Which uh, were were live favorites that uh, had never been released on a studio album before i mean like uh gumbo that the version of gumbo uh which is kind of uh a jazzy new orleans kind of fun feel yeah. uh a lot of cool things happening on that record um the you enjoy myself is like at 28 minutes long with the craziest vocal jam ever but you, you enjoy myself was one for a long time and still maybe to this day and then i i know I don't even know. Maybe I'll get on fish.net and see how many times I've heard it, but it still to me is one of my favorite all time songs of theirs. Like, and I don't care how many times I hear it. I don't either. Um, and, uh, every once in a while, it's sort of like, um, you know, if I, um, had an electric car and needed to plug in and charge it every once in a while, I am that way with the studio version of that song because it is to me it is like the best uh cr mo most incredibly crafted well executed and so off i mean whatever it is nine seven eight nine minutes yeah. long and it's just it's a know, roller coaster man it is completely um and i love uh i just saw a clip uh there's a there's a composer uh Doug, I think I forget exactly what he calls himself, uh, but his but his YouTube is the Daily Doug, and he's a composer, and he he'll he does reaction videos where you know he'll fans will so the, he just did you enjoy myself uh, Friday, and he did a, lot, a really classic live version of it, 
and he you know absolutely loved it but it, before he plays it he plays a, a clip of trey being interviewed talking about the origin of that song and and he and and fishman are in italy and they're just there for like a handful of months and they're just sitting around playing music and that's where he wrote uh the a lot of the parts to what would become that song and uh there's a there's a, a portion of that interview where they're hanging out with this italian guy that barely speaks english yeah and at one point they're him trey and and fishman are walking down the street and this guy is in the middle of them with his arms around either of them and he goes um hey you know when i hang out you enjoy myself and they're like that's gonna be the name of it you know i had no idea yeah um but anyway um so I, I, I thought I thought you were gonna say like what's your fancy time you <laughs> I thought you were gonna go into that. Yeah. I, uh, I did not expect that part. <laughs> um so I find out it's a live album and I'm like, okay, cool. And then I find out it's like a bunch of shows. It's like all of these shows from Fall Tour ninety four that they selected and put together. And it's like, well, you finally put out a live one and uh it's not a show. It's piecemeal which whatever snippets um so i and i for this i looked it up so each of them on their own reviewed all the fall tour 94 shows and made a list of favorites and then they took the four lists of favorites and put it together and it was 560 song performances and from there they whittled it down to 30 and then whittled it down to however many songs want but i was like fuck what a process 560 and what's the average length of those tra- of those performances? Um, but anyway, um, like how many shows were even on that tour? Well, back then they were touring a lot. You yeah. know, like they would do in the in the in the early mid nineties, they would do like hundred fifty shows a year. You know, um, which you know doesn't in a, a year's three hundred sixty five days, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's also I think it's a, exclusively bus travel too. Yeah, so. And uh, heavy, heavy on the party factor. That's that's a major league baseball season, right? Right. There. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I suppose that um, the the biggest surprise was I for me, I'd always thought that you were kind of like I could take them or leave them with fish. You know, like you've all, I've thought that you've always preferred panic, and fish has kind of been like an afterthought. I didn't know that you like really dug dug them for a, a portion no and I, and I still dig dig them I think I went I think perhaps when you and I first met I was kind of on a like a panic bender more of a panic run there at that point because I feel like there was a time in like the mid2000s where I went to some fish shows, just didn't enjoy it. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, I w- I went and I think that was. I think there were a couple things going on. I think I'd maybe gone over the deep end and saw too many fish shows and not s- saw enough other music. So I think that was partly my fault. I think also that was back when Trey was kind of off his rocker for a little bit. Well, that was the the. 2000 2004 is kind of the beginning of the end you know so to speak for that chapter yeah and and i think that i also you know yeah because i saw i saw some show at 
Alpine Valley where like he could barely stand up on stage. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Like tripped over his own guitar chord. Wow. And, like, it, I mean, they were they were still sounding pretty damn good. But you all could, things considered, you could you could still kind of tell a little bit. You're like, eh, he's fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I think for me, I just kind of when we, you and I first started hanging out, you know. 10, 11 years ago, I think I just wasn't listening to them quite sure. as much. And I was definitely like, kind of like finding other avenues yeah. for live music and stuff like that. And I, I think panic just kind of found me at the time when I become a little bit disillusioned with some of the scenes at fish shows and stuff like that. I just, I felt like the, I felt like the crowd at panic shows were just a little bit different. You know what I mean? And uh, a little more chill, a little less judgy, perhaps. Yeah, and and just a little bit more into the music than perhaps you know. I think there was definitely a a, a point at fish shows where people weren't just going there to listen to music or like to kind of just have you know fun and stuff like that. Like they were going because it's like, man, I'm just gonna score all the Molly I can. And yeah, just fucking take it until my face melts off. Yeah, and it's like. You know, that's always going to have its place at concerts and stuff. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it's like, do I really want to be around people that are so fucked up they don't even know what's going on? No. I was driving to the movie with my son yesterday, and uh, I'm on shuffle, and uh, this track called Some Sing, like something, but instead of thing, it's sing by STS9 from their Artifact album came on. And it's a, it is a really fucking ripping track. I mean, if you want to like talk about like spaced out, like wild. <clears throat> I went to, my ex and I went to Wakarusa for the first four years that it was around. And it kind of, I think we both unspoken expected it to be an annual thing and then they moved it to arkansas and it's kind of like well all right yeah but one year um sts9 have you ever seen them i've never seen soundtrack no they uh they headlined sunday night so we're up there we never could get away for thursday so we'd get there friday we'd do our thing friday saturday this particular year um we packed up all of our shit and came home sunday morning slash midday because i had a hockey game used to play hockey on Sunday nights. Um, so I went and played hot and it was whatever, you know, a seven o'clock or an eight o'clock puck drop. So play shower, get in the car, go back up, still have the wristband on, go in for sound tribe. And I am stone cold sober. And, um, they take the state and like, I see that, you know, we got pretty close. I mean like three, four rows from the stage and as the crowd's filling in behind us, I'm just seeing fucking people in these completely batshit costumes. You know, like somebody's got a fucking giant toucan head and somebody over here's, you know, dressed like the Lorax. And th- these three chicks over here, are, you know, I don't even know. And then lots of people have like these totems, these big fucking sticks with like puppets or whatever their thing is, you know, and they're just... That's their deal. They just stand there, and, and so I was like, "This is fucking banana." And then they take it's the a st- nightmare for even Jim Henson at this point. Yeah. Uh, so they take the stage, and I didn't realize 
I mean, I knew that their sound was like uh, a very, very broad reach, kind of within this specific, you know, subset of the jam band genre. Um, but I didn't realize that not only are they all like really good musicians, but they all also have laptops. So they're all, you know, doing the, and they can get in here and like do some funky shit. Why? And I was like, that's, that's like playing and singing at the same time. It's fucking hard to do. But anyway, um, I thoroughly enjoyed that set. It was completely bananas. And I, I mean, I was sober the whole time. I didn't, I didn't party it and drink it and do it because you know we've packed up camp and taken it home and we've got to get in the car and, and get out of there um but it was like that you know that kind of level of sobriety and the experience is so intense that it's kind of like did i take some drugs i feel like <laughs> um and so I, I just was like, well, I mean, that was many years ago. Like, so I, I was like, wow, that was really wild. So a couple of years go by and they're playing Liberty Hall in Lawrence. And I was like, I'm going and I'm going to go. It was like a Tuesday or a Thursday. And I was like, I'm going to go solo. Uh, you know, I'll just have a couple beers and then I'll drive home after the show. And Liberty so, Hall is great, too. Yeah. I saw Ween there. Nice. What a venue to see them. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm early, which means, and, and I'm, you know, I've, I'm on the floor, like front and center. I've claimed my spot. I don't have anybody, if I got to pee or get a beer, I don't have anybody to save my space. So I'm just kind of camped out there. Hungered down. Yeah. And eventually, and it was an all ages show, as many at Liberty are, um, eventually the crowd shows up and by the time they take the stage, I'm fucking surrounded by lots and lots of young people and the the show was cool but i it became one of these deals where uh so much disrespect for my space kind of overtook my ability to enjoy the show so i was more interested in like protecting my real estate uh get off my lawn and a lot of it was just passers-by trying to get to wherever they're going but i remember and this is the literally the 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 most standout memory of the whole show is that I remember looking over and this little pocket of kids have a cigarette pack cellophane and it's full of Molly or whatever. It's got a bunch of Molly. What I'm assuming it's Molly because I see a couple of them, you know, fucking gumming it. And I remember looking over in the, in the peak of one of their jams and the, it's like the kid that's holding it is not doing an A-plus job at standing. And somebody else is, like, kind of leaning on him, making his job of standing and holding the molly even harder. And there's, like, just another kid that just he can't get his fucking pinky into this. And they're just, like, falling all over themselves. And I was just like, oh, my God, what? what where am I? This is bananas. Sounds like they were in, uh, what do you call that? K-hole. They were in, uh, um, what's the... Ketamine. Ketamine, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I just assumed it was Molly. I never asked. But uh I was like, fuck, that is that is this fucking sight right there. Um but anyway, um we did eventually wind up seeing a pair of fish shows together. Uh and it's super weird to me that that was fucking four, three, four years ago. I mean It was three years ago. Three and it was it was it nineteen? Yeah, it was June, 
June 2019. Okay. Um, and uh, some terrible hockey game team won the NHL championship. Yeah. Um, Duncan Teeth, Duncan Keith retired today. I don't even know who that is. His, his, he, he was a Blackhawk for a lot of his career. He, uh, in the 2010, 20, whenever the first cup that the Hawks won, uh, in their current, you know, in the whatever, uh, it was Hawks Flyers and it went six, the final went six or seven games. It was a very, very physical series. I mean, the Flyers have notoriously been a physical franchise for their entire existence in this particular pocket of Hawks. Just that, that was a very physical team, too. Duncan, T- Duncan Keith took a slap shot to the mouth and seven teeth. That's why I keep calling because his nickname after that was Duncan Teeth. I mean, just a fucking confetti of of teeth onto the ice and he, you know went to the locker room and i don't know man like start of the next period he's out there for a shift just like are you fucking out of your mind like um but so not not one of you know there's plenty of other black blackhawks that i've hated a lot more than him so he anyway um but yeah that was um that was really wild um i remember if it was a private, a one-on-one message or a family group, to, I don't remember, but my sister that lives in Chicago uh, texted the next day and she's like, wait a minute. So you're at a fish show in St. Louis watching the Blues win the Stanley Cup? I was like, yeah. And she's like, that's maybe the most Blair Johnson thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember sitting there watching the first set. Was it the second night of the show? And we're watching the... You know the first set, and I keep you know you're you're checking your phone, you know you're you're checking the scores, and and then finally I, m- I remember like we knew intermission was going to happen soon, and you're like, uh, the third period's about to start. I, I gotta go, I gotta, and you went down, and I think I watched the rest of the first set, and I was kind of watching it on my you know the scores on my phone a little bit too, and the band knew, and I think they I think they ended the set at like with like eight to 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Cause they knew they're like, man, are we going to keep playing when they're literally half the crowd, half the crowd was spilling out into the concourse to watch the end of that game. And they knew, and it's like, all and, right. and they took a slightly extended inter- intermission. Yeah. And no, they- that intermission was definitely long enough for <laughs> everybody to watch the end of that game and to party and to, you know, whatever. But they definitely came back out and like, that was pretty cool of, you know, seeing them, even, you know, I'm not a hockey fan, but, you know, to see them kind of embrace that moment with the crowd and, and to play Gloria and to, uh, I remember there was somebody that like threw like a, a fake inf- cup. inflatable cup yeah. up on stage and, and Trey uh, like set it up right and just let it stay there. Yeah. And, you know, just, just, you know, they just kind of took that moment with that crowd and, and, and really went with it and it was great, you know, cause they could have, they could have ignored it completely and, you know. I, I think it would be hard to, you know what I mean? But, well, I mean, Trey is a big, he's a big ho- a Flyers fan. Oh, is I mean, he? I didn't yeah. know that. In fact... Um, I'm not a hockey fan, Blair. We've been over this. I, I got kicked out of the first and only hockey game I've ever been to in my life. Uh, Within the first five minutes of the first period. Oh, so man. I, I wasn't allowed in United Center for like two years. Damn. Legally, I think, or something like that. Well... For, for taking a beer in, in my pocket. Wow. Well, 
uh, that's not a thing that we've been in trouble for at Starlight. We've been able to smuggle in. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that anymore. They've got metal detectors. Well, now. but I think we smuggled in some plastic. Possibly. I yeah, don't remember. For sure. Um, anyway. What, did we smuggle in a flask or something? Uh, I think we smuggled in some uh, peppermint schnapps. Oh, did we? Okay. And probably some fireball. And it was for a, pa- a panic show and... Was was that the same show that we got tickets for Bobby Bobby Hammond to come to and he he was so drunk at four o'clock he had to run off into the woods. Yeah. Yeah, have you seen have you seen him? I have not no. I, I saw I saw uh I saw his buddy T J recently, but oh, I, wow. I, I okay. haven't I haven't seen I haven't seen nor heard of the legend of Bobby in probably the last I think about years. him sometimes. I think about Scotty. I don't think about Scotty at all. Uh, and then uh, who was the uh, who was the the day the the long term day cook? Uh, the one that threw me into the wall, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony. 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 Uh, and then I think about was it Adam? He ended up being like um, a big time nine uh, eleven uh, Sandy Hook. All of it. All of it's fake. Oh really? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Wait, Info Wars or something? I don't even, whatever. <laughs> Just like, really? Okay. Big, um, big Alex Jan- Jones podcast Probably, fan probably. Um, but uh, so that, the you know, <laughs> when we, uh, the first night that we were in St. Louis um, and Clay was taking us around, I know I've told this story a bunch of times, but it was like everywhere we went, and how how long did he work for you, by the way? Nine months? No, maybe a little bit longer than that. Maybe two years. Everywhere we went, he was like, this is my former GM, George Clark. <laughs> Everybody. And I was just like, Jesus, dude. I mean. Just, just my name's George. Yeah, you remember by like the third or fourth place, I was just like, dude, you don't you don't work for me anymore. Right. And you haven't now for quite some time. Like, I don't I don't understand this. <laughs> Oh man, um, I know. Yeah, you... I, I I can't believe that was the night he drove like a fucking F one racer. Do you remember our soundtrack? No, it was. Uh, I had never heard of this guy before this. I'll never forget him. Um, Anderson Pock. That was the name I was trying to come up with earlier when oh. I was talking about Tiny Desk concert. Oh, okay, I was trying to come up with Anderson Pock. Uh, and the track was. Um, Do you? Wanna make it better? And he was just doing ninety down like side streets and blowing through stop signs. And hey man, was... Anderson Pox like that music you bump when you're sixteen and you just got your car because it's upbeat and it's fast and it's fun. And I mean, you just hopefully don't do it when you're thirty some odd years old and drunk off your ass driving through the the side streets of St. Louis. And then we got back to. Uh... Was that the same night that you guys were like, "Come on, let's jump in the pool"? I was like, "I'm not jumping in the pool." That, that was that was the same night we went swimming. And then you guys jumped in the pool, and you're like, "Fuck, that was so cold." And I was like, "That's what I was trying to tell you." And then he came. It was the middle of June. Not enough time for it to have been hot long enough for the water to be warm. What I mean. Anyway, he came. He tried to come down the stairs a little too quickly. I I mean, he slid down the stairs like a beached whale and <laughs> a lubed up beach whale. yeah it was like it's like if you took a whale and threw it on a slip and slide down a set of stairs it's kind of and it kind of sounded like that when he yep, hit the wall. yep and it was like we're staying okay so we're staying at his mom's place and we knew that his mom was home but i hadn't like no evidence that mom was 
present until that happened. Yeah, we never saw her, and then we were just like in the basement. It was like the basement of that house was kind of like a. It had its own kitchenette and yeah, everything, yeah. and like, so it was kind of like its own apartment. Like, not not heard or seen or look at the mom, but we'd been on the show all night. Clay slides down the stairs, hits the wall, and then all of a sudden, I just hear this. Clay, are you okay? Right. And and we're just I, I'm dying laughing yeah. at this point. Like, you know, I feel bad for him because I'm like at first I'm like, are you okay? And but then w- once you could tell he was okay, it's like now I just gotta laugh, right? You know. And and now when I think about that whole thing, and you know, it, it's not it's it wasn't this way, but this is what I think of. I think about his mom being there, but never really seeing her until he goes down the stairs like that. And then her hollering and the, the, where I go with it is, uh, wedding crashers, the welfare mom, meatloaf. I, we still never saw him. No, mom. I don't think we did. We never, we never once saw or spoke to his mom. We just heard her from like a room yeah. that we didn't even know existed. We, you know what I mean? We were told at some point, like what her work schedule was. It's like, she gets off and then she'll be home, but then she'll be gone. And it was like, I mean, you we, might... we stayed at that house for like two and a half days and we never did. once yeah. saw her. I was like, is mom really, does she it's, really exist? <laughs> I mean, it's just some computer generated yeah. program Yeah, where you just hit a button or, you know. Like the old uh, Ferris Bueller cough. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nine times. So. Well, man, I know uh, you got a, a, a gal and a, and a little boy to get home to, so we should get you out of here. Um, but. I also know that you're a busy dude with uh, not too many actual legit days off. Um, so when you um, committed and then actually showed up and, and did this, it, the, the time offering does not go unnoticed. So thank you very much. Yeah, man. It's interesting. Never done a, never really done a podcast. I've been on the radio or, you know, done, sure. done some spots yeah. before and yeah. done interviews and stuff like that. But I've never really, uh, sat around and shot the shit on a microphone before, yeah. you know, it's which little, is, which is kind of nice, you know, it's, it's a little bit freer and I can kind of say what, what I want to say. Exactly. Bit, you know, and it's, it's a tough, it's a very tough thing to, again, to distill the essence of, cause a lot of people are like, uh, uh-uh. I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, well, why not? Well, I don't want to be recorded. I don't, I don't know what to say. I won't be interesting. And it's like, when I say it's chill and it's a low key BS session, it doesn't convey the message. And people are still like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, bro, we're just going to throw in some headphones in my basement and talk about music that we've listened to over the course of the last 30 years. So it's, it's chill. Just come do it. It's fun. Yeah. So anyway, uh, anything you want to plug? You want to plug the joint? Plug anything personal of yours? No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you support your local peaches farmer. Yeah, everybody needs some peaches, man. Um, so you've done you, you you brought the quirks. I know you've you've had a little white cloth phase. You had a, a Casamigos phase. Um, what's what's wet in your whistle? these days does it just depend on the day and the circumstances or honestly you know i don't uh i probably it's probably mainly seltzers right now just because you know i don't go out very much anymore with the kid and stuff so it's just uh, a couple seltzers or you know cosmigos or two or something like that you know i don't uh 
You don't have a thing. I, I don't get after it with rumplements like I did 10 years ago when you and I hung Dude, out. Dude, you don't have Tullamore Dew and Malort on your nightstand? No. Man, uh, so in the small window of time that we worked together, yeah, I lived here for the whole time, but uh, there was one night that for what it, we, because we, we would seldom actually be off, off work at the same and time. in the building at the same time but every once in a while and there was a night where uh way too much rumplements you and, you and i got after it one night and i think you ended up like face down in your yard or I, something I you told up, me i ended up on the sidewalk yeah and i it was like su- snowing outside it or was something. super cold but i i woke up uh in, in all of my chef stuff and my baseball cap and my clogs on the sidewalk like oh my god at like four you know the 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 many many things that could have happened thankfully nothing did i, I might have you know knocked the noggin and and lost a few memories uh but Jim, I, I, christmas I, I think you and i went on a waldo pub crawl that night we did yeah i think so and then back to lose probably oh, yeah. that's usually god. how it would happen why why you yeah. know like, why is there not just an autopilot switch that's like, hey, you know, yeah, that's, that's probably enough drinks. Like, it's always got to, not anymore, but I mean, for a time, it always had to go to the, you know, through the wardrobe closet into Narnia and lose somebody along the way and can't find your way home. I mean, Jesus. I, I, I think that's why for a long time, I think, like your ex used to come in to, to lose, to eat, and she sit down and, and i could just feel her staring no at me. for real <laughs> i was like oh man like i you know does she want to say hi to me or, <laughs> or is she still mad about that time well i mean thankfully your uh your gift of uh chips for the kids won her over <laughs> over time yeah eventually so. when in when in doubt kiss up to the person that matters right but, you know yeah so yeah. I think, anyway, I think that's how I got through most of high school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't turn in the essay, but your outfit is really nice. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I'll uh, I'll fire this uh, your way when it's up and out. And if you happen to come across anybody you think would be a good candidate to sit in that chair, uh, please let me know because I only know so many people, and you know a lot more than I do. Um, and I'd love to keep keep booking guests. So yeah. keep me in mind. Let me know. I'll always come and sit and listen to somebody else and just drink beers on the couch. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. I Thanks. Can get, I can get away for the night. Wait, what? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. We'll see you. All right. Later.